Says Who is brought to you by you. You, a citizen of Says Whovia. You, sitting there at your desk. You've got headphones in. Oh, you're about to pick up your coffee. We're talking to you. In your car. Person doing some dishes. Yes, you. Um, with every contribution to our Patreon, um, you quite literally are bringing this thing that you're hearing to your ears and supporting the town of Seshuvia. So we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Patreon.org. No, Patreon.com. <laughs> <laughs> slash says who look anything from a dollar on helps and we understand if you can it's no problem we are just very thankful for literally every every single one of you that's doing this it's just means the world to us patreon.com slash says who join us join us come on join us oh my god hip Maureen, my brain doesn't work. Hmm? It's not the function brain thing. Not I've, there? I'm sorry. I was I, I fogged out for just a second. What were you saying? I'm just, I'm, it's, it's words hard to say. Hi? Hi. Is October now? It's almost done time then. Pumpkin time, think. Hi, Jim. Lection coming? Lection? Symptoms. Symptoms. Symptom time. Pumpkins. Hamkshim. Vote. Vote. Come. Vote. Smection. Smection. Oh. Time. Mappy. Halloween. Dan got record podcast now. Says what? Who? What? Who? What? Hmm? Hmm. Hmm. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's coping strategy. Yay! I'm Maureen Johnson. And I'm Dan Sinker. Oh my goodness gracious, Maureen. I feel I feel vaguely like maybe I got hit in the head with a cement block at some point recently. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Right now is a lot. Dan, ask me about what happened in the last week since, because now we're weekly, weekly we podcast. Are. Weekly we, okay. podcast. Okay. Uh, hey, Maureen. Mm? Oh, hey, what happened this week? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. I, uh, no, you. I. I huh? you. 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 No, you first. I can't take it. I can't take the silence now. <laughs> People a... aren't supposed to live like this. This is no, not, not what we evolved to, to. This is not the way we are supposed to live. It isn't. It isn't. I realized this morning I saw a 
a poll that the inevitable is happening in the election midterm election is tightening even the race for the house which you know even a few months ago was like woo it's a blue wave watch out we're taking everything uh and i realized maureen that by november 6th i'm going to be just a human-sized walking ulcer Mm. (laughs) with a beard maybe maybe the ulcer will have overtaken the beard by then I'll just be sort of a big blobby thing spitting out acid and pus. That's a pretty image. That's me. (laughs) Welcome to Says Who. I'm the acid pus blob. And I'm Blue Apron. I can't. Okay. I want to talk this week about what's happening to our brains. Because nothing good, nothing good is happening to our brains. I don't know, Dan. I, you say that, and I have a counter proposal that something (laughs) is happening to our brains. Oh, good. But it's like we are passing through the fire of 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 transform, like a transformative fire. Um, that we're definitely being rewired, and we have a choice. I want to talk about choice, brains, and choice. I know, Dan. I want to talk about these things because I mean it when I say I the overload of information I realized what it was doing to me like even like even my teeth are tense you know like I somehow <laughs> like somehow even my teeth don't fit anymore it just I feel it all over my body and I started the other day I this was this was so how novel this is my I called my friend and she's like, you called me. What's wrong? And I was like, I know it's crazy. Like, cause obviously we, we, we use other forms. And I was like, I couldn't do it anymore. Like I couldn't email or text her. So I called you and she's like, I know I can't either. My brain has died. And everybody, I, not everybody, but a lot of people I know it just feels like I you can't think anymore. And there's, I believe, you know, a very evident reason for that is that we are getting pure. You ever see that scene in Game of Thrones where the guy, he's like, you want gold? And then they melt all the gold and they pour it over his head. Like, Oh, no. You just summed up exactly why I don't watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, they're like, you want crown? You want gold? And then they melt this gold and they pour it. It's like one of the very first episodes. So it's a, it's a, sort of when I stopped watching, but like. Yeah. It's, it's just, just a little too heady and rapey for me. Mm, that's why I got out. I was like, it's too, too, no, no, I don't want this. Yeah. But it's, and those were before, you know, and that, that, that was all before 2016. So, you know, we didn't know then. Um, we didn't know it was a documentary. Yeah, we didn't know that there was actually, but let's talk about the Mother of Dragons because, like, there is the scene that we had Dan- Daenerys. I can't believe I'm doing this. I don't know anything about Game of Thrones, but I do <laughs> know perfect. that. That Daenerys is, I, I'm, it's like I'm recapping shows I don't know. I should oh, like, there's, I just, a, there's a spinoff podcast for us, Maureen. I recap shows I've never seen. I, yeah. Let me recount to you every episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine that everyone loves, but I've never seen. Side note, I watched all of Riverdale or season one of Riverdale because, because of the audience I write for, because I doing some stuff with writing scripts and things. I wanted to see how 
the stuff I was seeing online about Riverdale made me curious because I'm like, you're talking about the Archie comics, right? right. Like that you're, you're talking about those, I think. But what you're saying does not jive with what I've seen. So I watched it and I was like, huh, this is fascinating. Someone in Hollywood was like, let's take the Archie comics, which are these like squeaky, like 50s teenagers drinking milkshakes. And we're going to yeah. put it in a town, but we're going to add like a bunch of heroin um, and uh, like, I'm like, who came up with this? Is this like, is the next thing this person going to pitch? Like, it's like, it's like Garfield, but we're going to put in a sex trafficking plot line. Like, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense that these oh. things should. Lasagna just took on a whole nother term. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And yet, like, it, it's like they've created this show that is just two very different things that they've jammed together. I mean, that Garfield is- thing isn't. Isn't that far off from how Riverdale feels? Riverdale is another show that I've never seen, but somebody told me that at one point the villains sit around sipping what looks like bourbon out of glasses, but in fact it's maple syrup. There's a whole maple syrup plot line. Yeah, that is amazing. There's a and it's it's like in yeah, there's a maple syrup plot line. This was all relevant. Uh, Right, rewind (laughs) shows I haven't seen. Mother of Dragons. Daenerys. Wow, she, you got she, back. You uh-huh. got back right there. Yeah, it's because it's 2018. Oh. We got to be on our fucking game, okay? She is like, I am part dragon. I am like, whatever it's called in Game of Thrones. I don't know. I don't fucking care. It doesn't matter. She's like, once her husband dies, she sits on the pyre all night. Like, they're like, oh, she killed herself. She went in with, and but, and she wakes up. And then in the night, the fire burns out and she stands up. You know why? Because she's part fucking dragon. And she's like, I'm mother of dragons, motherfuckers. And she's got all these dragon eggs and they hatch. And little dragons perch on her shoulders. She's like, I sat in the fire all night, motherfuckers. Here I am. Now I raised motherfucking dragons. And that's what I think is happening to our brains is that we have sat in the fire all night and we wow. are going to hatch dragon eggs and dragons are going to sit on our shoulders. Dragons. I am amazed. Yeah, because we have to choose what we want to do next. And I realized what I wanted to do was stop watching this shit. And my neighbor got sick. So over the weekend, I had to take care of his dogs. He's got two little dachshunds. And the dachshunds, when they're home alone during the day, he keeps on the TV. And the TV was on the news all day long. And every time I went in. That's terrible. Those poor dogs. They don't know, though. That's the thing is they don't know. You just they put game shows was. on or something? I will say that it did make them poop inside every once in a while. Yeah. So, well, who um, doesn't? Well, I mean, in the middle of the living room. Oh, I thought you meant on the toilet. No. You were supposed to say, well, I, I set it up for you, Dan. Do you want to do it again? Sure. They poop in the middle of the living room. Well, who doesn't? See... I knew it was coming this time, and it's... <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same. The point is, I realized... I just pooped of... on the floor here. <laughs> okay, Dan. <laughs> is that better? Says Huvia, we're not well. And no, I don't think not. you're well either. Um, but I realized that, yeah, it's too much information, and it's not helpful to see this anymore, because we know... 
We actually know how bad they are and what they're willing to do. They're willing to steal. They're willing to cheat. They're willing to lie. They're willing to gerrymander. They're willing to deny people their rights. They're willing to close down polling places. They're willing to remove voters from registers. They're willing to do whatever it takes. And we know that. So I was like, shut it off. Focus your energy to getting them out. You've done a remarkably good job of that, I have to say. I, I have? Yeah, you, you are doing shit all the time. You're, you're phone banking, you're writing postcards. Like, you've, you, have, you have done a remarkably good job of kind of turning, turning this into something actionable. Well, it's because I worked on the book before to give money, uh, how I resist to give money to the ACLU. And when I was done with the book, I was like, what next thing to do? Um, But there's so much choice now. It feels like my phone's blowing up. My texts are blowing up. I got 10 million emails a day. I'm like, what is the best thing to do? And some of the stuff makes you feel weird, like phone banking. Like you're just, I'm going to call somebody I don't know. Hey, hey, it's me. Hi. And you read from a script, but then someone says something and you're like, can't follow script anymore. Uh, respond like human. Um, so you feel awkward for the first couple minutes and then it goes away. Honestly, it does. And one of the uh, one of the times I called last week, I got an answering machine and the and the answering machine this woman had was. What is the one organ in the human body is 60% fat. What is it? Leave a message. Beep. And I was like, oh, wow. And I was like, my name's Moore Jensen. I'm calling for Tina Davis. And and then I did the whole thing. And I was like, now I've been thinking about this and I'm not sure. And I'm going to have to look this up afterwards, but I think it's the liver. Now, again, I'm going to Wikipedia this right afterwards, but I have been debating this and maybe it's the brain. Uh, I'm really not. And I went through a whole thing and I was like, anyway, then Tina Davis and like, you can just talk to people like they're people because they're people. And uh, yeah, we have to, I guess we have to get over our own shit. The human brain, Maureen, is 60% fat. What? Makes you, I think so. Wow. Makes you feel better, doesn't it? This makes me feel kind of fat. Well... <laughs> It's a lot of insulation, I guess, around impulses, right? Like it's Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I think that's right. It's no, I just looked this... it up. I just according to the internet. And the internet's and this never woman's answering machine. Yeah. So guard so all of those beautiful impulses are being guarded by a beautiful crown of necessary fat. Guard it. Guard that thing you've got in your head. Guard your your head meat. Guard your head meat, says Huvia. You need it. You need your soul. Turn off the news. For yeah. sure. It's too fucking much. You know what? Turn you know off. what I did a week or two ago? There on Twitter, there are certain journalists who live tweet literally every one of Trump's rallies. And and you know what I did? I muted them. Nice. I don't see that shit now. And if I see and if it, and if somebody starts doing it, I just mute them too because I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. Like they're the same things. He's telling the same fucking stories. 
that he's done for two years. We don't actually need to have a live feed of that invading my brain fat. No. Protect your precious brain meat. Uh, so, yeah, I stopped paying close attention because I had a I'm like, we have a job to do. We really do. We yeah, really we do. do. It's it's two weeks and it's it not is. it's not any exaggeration, as you guys know, like to say that this what it's like we're in we're in the war and we all like. And you saw like things like from World War One where everyone enlisted or rolled bandages at home or whatever. Like we all really have to do it. I saved a lot of tin, Maureen. What am I supposed to do with it now? Uh, you make a hat. Oh, okay. I've got a big tin hat because I got to work on. So to protect our precious brain meats, um, I have been visiting Sesuvia, um which is a real place that we've created both online, but uh, take solace in the community of other people. Like really talking to my friends, like calling them on the phone, which is weird, is good. Yeah. And I was really apologetic. I'm like, I'm really sorry. I've been out of touch. My brain has died. And she's like, my brain died too. So a lot of people's brains are feel like they're going to explode, but we're not. We're it's actually just not. A, it's a lot of fat, Maureen. 60% is a lot of fat. But that is a lot of valuable insulation. It just shows you the importance of of what what's going on up there and how much it needs protection. It's up to us to protect our the, the brain meat stuff to make it smarter. Sure. Take breaks. No news. Take a deep, you're probably holding your breath right now. Take a deep breath. I realize I'm always clenching my breath now. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I, the thing to me, I, I mean, we talked about this last week. Uh, I was on an airplane a couple of weeks ago and kind of just noticed how stressed out my whole body was. But also, like, the thing I didn't talk about was, like, realizing just how uselessly angry I felt. You know, and this was this was, you know, for context, this was the day of the Kavanaugh vote, you know, which had been a particularly maddening week. But like sitting there in my body with nothing to do because I'm on an airplane and don't have the Internet and all of that and just realizing like not only is every muscle in my body like clenched tight, but like my brain is actually like seething. You know, and I got back from that trip. It was a very short trip and realized, like, I need to somehow rechannel, started going back to the why, like just needed to needed to find an outlet that wasn't just leading to more anger, because that doesn't what's Yoda say? Like anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. Gravy, gravy, the gravy's definitely in there. Hate leads to gravy. I don't like gravy. Do you like gravy? Well, I'm vegetarian, so my gravy choices are usually it pretty is limited. Like a mushroom slurry. But no, it's nice when I can have gravy. It's very delicious. It's a delicious mushroom slurry. I like a sauce, Dan. I like a condiment. Okay. I like. I've I've rarely met a condiment I didn't like. Thousand Island dressing. Yep. Tartar sauce. Yeah. 
Lime mayonnaise. I'll do that. Yeah, I would do that too. That sounds great. Delicious. The lime crema. It's delicious. Yeah. Mm. I, those are some unusual ones to reach for, but. They're all mayonnaise based. That yeah, was a I real mean, mayonnaise test, ultimately. Mayonnaise is honestly not my favorite, but a vegan mayo is. I like a vegan mayo. Whoa, really? Yeah, I don't like eggs. Interesting. We are talking about other things because I think <laughs> because uh. no, to to keep ourselves together, to focus, because we all should be happy that we do have a job to do. Like we can we can and everybody can help. Everybody it's, can help. It's true. If you're listening, um there are ways you can help right now. Uh, to give yourself a useful place to channel the anxiety or rage or just that is in all of us right now. And we wanted to bring someone in who could tell you. Tell you what to do to get rid of that weird rage fog that fills the areas around your brain meat. Like it just that kind of thing that makes you feel like I don't even know where to look or what to do or what to think. And I can't focus for more than 30 seconds is a good stretch right now. We got to get our focus back. We got to get our time back. We got to get our lives back. We got to get our health back. We got to get everything back. And we do it by taking a nice deep breath, hanging with our friends, getting the plan, living the plan, executing the plan, getting it all back again. Boom. Boom. We're going to do it. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, so we wanted to bring someone in who knew what they were talking about, Maureen. So we are visited today by Aaron Huertas. He is the Strategic Communications Director from Swing Left, which is an organization that came up after Election Day uh, 2016 and is laser-focused on attempting to swing the House back into the warm embrace of the Democrats. Boom. And we wanted to bring him in to just, like, there's two weeks, Maureen. Two weeks. You want to know what to do? You're about to find out. Let's go. Well, the first thing we always ask everybody right now, because we live in uh, a persistent state of 2018, is how how you're doing. <laughs> I'm one of those people who really likes um, taking action. I'm always very action oriented. So, you know, I remember uh, after Trump won, I, I was cleaning out a field office in Ohio. I was working for NextGen. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks were catatonic. A lot of folks were just really sad. A lot of folks were afraid. And, you know, people were already, like, just saying nasty things to them on the street because uh, so many people felt empowered by Trump's victory. And, uh, you know, my take in situations like that has always been, okay, well, you know, this is the reality. Uh, we got a really bad guy in the White House. We've got Republican majorities in Congress. And they're going to do everything they can uh, to lock in their power and we got to fight back. Um, so, you know, within that sadness and that frustration, uh, really just went to the front lines as fast as I could to try to help people 
who I knew would be vulnerable. And in my case, uh, you know, that meant climate scientists and scientists who work for the federal government. Uh, that's who I've worked with for a very long time. I've helped them deal with political attacks on their research. And of course, those have gotten worse under the Trump administration. Um, so I spent a lot of time uh, helping those folks out on the front line here in D.C., uh, spent some time helping organize with the March for Science uh, nationally and then throughout the rest of the country. Uh, and then, you know, other organizations like Swing Left were starting to form um, out of the resistance. And I was lucky enough to find work uh, with Swing Left. Uh, the science communication and science policy work has shrunk down to 0% of my time. I am 100% midterms focused right now. And organizations like Swing Left have been uh, so great to follow because they've um, given people an outlet um, to do something about all the negative things that we see out there. And I think to help people be responsive to the deep crisis that we all see that we're in and the threats that we see to democracy. Uh, and that, that's really something um, I've seen out of the activists and the volunteers that I work with. Uh, we understand that our democracy is under threat right now um, and that it's serious business. And at the same time, uh, there's a great joy in being able to do something about it and get together with your community and talk to voters and fight and hopefully win. You are like talking to an actual rainbow right now. I know. I'm just like, okay, I'm in. I'm breathing in your words like they are ox. Oh, yes. Say the beautiful things. He's. Uh... <laughs> I mean, one of the things that's interesting to me, and, and we've actually talked about this quite a while ago, I think, on, on this podcast before, is just how much kind of emerged, not necessarily from a vacuum, but emerged very quickly post election 2016, Swing Left being one of them. And I'm just kind of curious if you could give a, a little bit more of a sense of kind of where Swing Left fits inside this ecosystem and kind of what the, you know, what the the focus is of, of, of the org. So, so yeah, Swing Left was one of um, several movements of people coming together um, who knew each other a little bit online, who knew each other a little bit um, IRL and helped fill a lot of gaps. And in Swing Left's case, uh, you know, one of our founders literally just went to a coffee shop and tried to find his closest swing district and realized it was kind of a pain. You know, congressional districts are weird, and he was in Western Mass. Um, so where am I going to find my closest swing district? And uh, he's a former journalist, and I think like a lot of journalists, he realized, well, if I can't find an answer on Google in five seconds, then nobody's probably figured this out yet. Um, so my friend figure this out. And, and that was the idea. How do we connect people to their closest swing district? And it was a really powerful idea uh, because the we realized the house could actually be in play and it's been a very animating idea. Um, and Swing Left launched uh, right when the Women's March uh, was happening, right before Inauguration Day. Um, and several of the folks who were involved knew, um, you know, so, some popular actors and comedians, uh, folks like that who helped get the word out. And people also organically were just talking to each other about it during the women's marches. And that was a point, um, it's, it's probably very hard for you thinking back to see this too. It was hard for me. You know, you're watching inauguration and, and there's there's all the folks, you know, who fight for the values I believe in and they're sitting there watching Trump get sworn in and we're, we're doing the transition of power. And I, I think, um, you know, people who weren't part of those structures built these people's movements um, and built things like Swing Left and people have come around them and organized through them. And it's, it's been great. It's brought in a lot of people who have never done organizing before, who've never canvassed before, talked to voters in person. And it's brought in a lot of people who have done this before, but have realized like now's the time to do it again. We got we to gotta bring the Obama 08 coalition back. Uh, we got to bring a lot of people back into the folds uh, who maybe just haven't done activism in a while. So just so everybody is 100% clear what the actual mission of Swing Left is, 
is to, and I was going to try to say it, but it's probably better if you do. I bet, <laughs> you I bet you're better at it. Yeah, we're laser focused on taking back the house and in particular helping people who live in deep blue districts that don't have competitive races this year, take their time, their energy, their donations and put them into their most competitive swing districts. If you don't mind, my question right now, just because I am, you know, I feel like I'm on every single list and (laughs) what I'm trying to do, you know, first of all, every morning I wake up and there's, you know, a hundred emails, um, and that's, you know, it's fine. Like, I'm like, I support you all, but <laughs> I, I don't, I want to figure out what to, you know, I have the, uh, honestly, I wish anybody loved me as much as text from Beto O'Rourke's campaign did. Like it's, they're, they're so good, but like they are, it's, I'm starting to think that I'm a personal friend of Beto O'Rourke's a little bit like, oh, hey, it's just us from Beto again. And it's like, oh, they love me so much. I, okay, um, you're you're going to appreciate this. So one of the Democrats on our list, uh, Harley Rauda, um, he's one of the guys running in California. He's running against Dana Rohrbacher and his own campaign texted him. And he took a selfie and wrote back and he said, don't worry, this is Harley. I'm voting for Harley. (laughs) (laughs) That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a lot of saturation happening. And I think uh, we've tried to solve for that. uh, One, just by respecting people's inboxes and not sending people an email every day, uh, except for now, because now we really do want you doing stuff. Um, and then also, you know, I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's the paradox of choice, right? There's so many different things going on. How do I plug in? And we're working with a tech team um, that is taking a lot of the best practices from the business side of things in Silicon Valley and translating that for politics and saying, okay, we, if we know that canvassing is the highest impact thing you can do, if we know that phone banking is the second highest impact thing you can do, how can we showcase people's options for them based on their zip code? Um, so Swing Left's Take Action page is just built around your zip code. If you go to Swing Left's website and you plug in your zip code, uh, you basically get a bunch of action cards and you can choose what's a good fit for you. Where you God, want. I love you. I just can I just stop you and tell you that I love you. Okay, go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I, I really genuinely love you. Okay, I'm sorry. Go on. I don't want to distract you. No, that this is the magic of organizing because organizing is just like like Cory Booker talks about this, right? He's like politics is all about love. We need a politics of love and hope. And like I've lived in D.C. for ten plus years, so I can get cynical, uh, but. I hear that and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like organizing is great. I love getting out of the office. I love talking to voters. Um, I really love working with students because students are not cynical and super want to change the world and absolutely will. And there's so many younger people getting involved in politics this year. Um, and fundamentally, you know, the thing that we're trying to solve for is exactly what you're saying because there, there's so many new groups out there. There's so many lists that you you get on. And we're trying to give people a single track where no matter when you check in that day, you're always going to have the most effective thing to do. And I think the flip side of that is what you talked about earlier. Like when you turn on the news, it's overwhelming, right? And that's actually a strategy. It's like a shock and awe strategy that Steve Bannon explicitly said that the administration would do, right? And it's what a lot of authoritarian regimes do in other countries. That's how modern propaganda works. You overwhelm the system with really bad news, really bad information. You try to make people feel dispirited. And the solution to that is organizing. The solution to that is turn off the TV, get off the Twitter, go to a field office, meet a bunch of other progressives who are fired up and ready to go knock doors for candidates, and go talk to voters on their doorsteps. And those voters aren't, (laughs) for the most part, they're not like us. They're not listening to politics every day. They're not tuning into politics. Um, They're not on Twitter, right? Um, They vote. 
and they don't always know what the issues are. They don't always know what the candidates are. And when you show up to somebody's front door and you say that you're there on behalf of a Democratic candidate and you want to talk about issues that are important to them, things like healthcare, right? Things like clean air and clean water. Um, that excitement that you have as a canvasser, that passion that you have as another person showing up to their doorstep, uh, it has a really big impact on their propensity to vote. And campaigns are really good at identifying who they should talk to. And it's, it's mostly Democrats who tend to vote in presidential elections, but then don't vote in midterms, making sure they're fired up this year. Uh, but with a lot of these districts in particular, you know, you got a lot of suburban Republicans who are ready to abandon the Republican Party and abandon Trump and vote for Democrats again. Um, so, you know, a lot of the organizers that we talk to, a lot of the folks who are going out for the first time that, you know, they worry, like, am, am I going to have to talk to Trump supporters? And they'll see Republicans on their on their list of voters that they're going to go out and talk to that day. And again, campaigns are smart. So you usually wind up talking to somebody who is on the fence and ready to cross over. And because Democrats have such a big ground game this year, um, those conversations are really important. And those conversations are what's going to make up the margin of victory in a lot of these swing districts. All right. First of all, when I say love, I don't mean like in a creepy, unpleasant way or something. It's a really pure life force kind of a thing, uh, but it is real. If you get cards from me, don't um, don't be scared. Uh, I know oh, how to soul keep my force, distance. Right? You're so good. Okay, because I'm thinking like right now, part of my time is taken up like – for example, I have phone banking tonight. I have my stack of postcard to voters to who write. You, who are you phone I'm, banking for? I am phone banking for Tina Davis in uh, for the Pennsylvania State Senate. Awesome. Uh, because I am from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, which is one of those areas, which is, you know, a lot of Republicans, suburban, like it can go either way a lot of times. So it's 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 a swing district. Is is it not the Bucks County area? Um yeah, Pennsylvania changed all their maps this year. Um, so that, that's been huge for the congressional races. And it's uh, so I, I'm like, I should really because I was about to say, is door to door the most effective known to be most effective? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so talking to someone face to face is the most powerful way that you can spend your time. Um, and of course, we don't all live near swing districts. So to be able to physically get there, a lot of what we've been doing is, you know, organizing bus rides, helping people carpool with each other, uh, basically saying, you know, make a plan now to go canvas in your closest swing district last weekend before the election, uh, what we usually call get out the vote time in election season. So that's when your canvassing usually has the biggest impact because you're mobilizing people that the campaign has identified as needing a reminder to vote. And in 70 plus percent of our swing districts right now, they're in early vote. Um, and they'll be in a lot of them will be in early vote um, right up to election day. Um, so helping people vote now, reminding people like, hey, it's Saturday, it's Sunday, maybe Tuesdays are a bad day for you. Um, you can go to your early loca early voting location right now and vote. That's really powerful. The second most powerful thing you could do is phone bank, um, and you could do that with other people. You can do that from home, uh, what we call virtual phone banking. And that's really powerful because it's flexible, right? Um, you know, I've, I've had people say like, okay, I'm putting my kids down for a nap for the day, taking five minutes for myself, and then I'm going to go do my virtual phone banking and go save democracy. Uh, and that's been really cool to hear because it's, it's just super flexible. If you have an hour, you got an hour, you can go for it. Um, some folks set a timer so that they're putting in their hour, talking to a bunch of voters, uh, talking to supporters in places like you just said where they're from. Uh, where they might not be able to travel back to physically, but where they have those community connections, um, where they can talk to people about local issues, where they can, um, you know, identify where people are from and have shared cultural experiences. 
uh, you know, those connections really matter. Um, I, I think about that a lot because one of our districts is uh, New Jersey's third district, which is where I grew up. Um, so, uh, you know, when we're doing things with that campaign, like I feel that that is like Bruce Springsteen country. Right. Um, and it's like a lot of places in the Midwest where we have problems with opioid addiction. Uh, we have a lot of union jobs that that have gone away. And I've got a representative, Tom MacArthur, uh, who's, you know, totally in the in the pockets of big industry, uh, did a lot to undermine Obamacare. He's running against um, a guy from the area, Andy Kim, who served in the Obama administration and who decided to run and keep running in part um, because he and his he and his family had a really difficult birth. And it was right around the time that Tom MacArthur was take, trying to take away protections for pre-existing conditions. And that's when he decided, OK, like I'm I am going to fight for the people from where I'm from. I am all in on this thing. Um, and it's a pretty red district, but it's a toss up race now. Um, so stuff like that is really heartening. And I think looking for those ways that we can connect with people like, like that is what's motivating for us as volunteers. And it's also what's effective for those in-person conversations or those conversations over the phone. I'll tell you what, down, down in PA, I'm sorry, Dan, I'm just, I'm in a, I'm an You're intense. You're fired role. up. I'm You're fired ready to up. go. I feel clarity. I feel enthusiasm and, um, a, and the endless drain on my life force that I can feel coming <laughs> out of my clavicles and my sternum and my teeth um, it feels like my bones are. Do I want my bones to calcify? I th- do. I, well, it, it feels like my my skeleton is holding together a little bit better because, um, as you're saying, this some of the fog is it, like what you're doing is lifting the fog of overwhelming the exhaustion of choice a little bit off my head. Um, but I just want to tell you a beautiful fact is that I come from like. Uh, Dorothy's Philadelphia Wawa country, that kind of Bucks County area. And uh, when going home, I've been asked by family members and friends to help them re-register and change party from um, Republican to Democrat. Um, wow. Yeah. Like people that have never voted Democrat are like coalitions, especially of women are like, oh, no. And we're going to make sure everybody votes like it's just a low rumble that I've never heard before. And it's a beautiful sound. And it's because of people like you. I want to say 70% of the folks who volunteer with us are women. Um, and that's like even higher than it normally is uh, for progressive organizations. So I, I think you're absolutely onto something there. And I think just the absolute rampant misogyny out of this administration and out of the Republicans who have totally gone along with it, uh, they've super pissed off the wrong people. Uh, and there's just an army of women volunteers out there uh, who are knocking doors for Democrats. And it's it's like it, the level of activism is like what people usually see during a presidential year. After the Kavanaugh thing, I mean, during it all, but it was the Kavanaugh thing was like that moment, if you'll forgive me in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where every slayer is activated <laughs> across the world in one moment where we're all like, now we are all coming um, because we can no longer see straight from rage and um, pure, just a pure primal energy. Uh, have you ever read the Bach guy? It's like that. So, um, yes. Dan, ask a question. I'm too so, energy filled. <laughs> you've talked about two very concrete things that people can do to help, you know, knocking on doors, uh, phone banking. I can totally hear even my own self sometimes, um, but definitely listeners that are like, both those things sound super terrifying because they involve some level of potential confrontation. Like, are there other things that people could be doing that aren't necessarily as directly interacting with another human that might be 
problematic or, you know, that that is still effective? Like what else? What are all of the options on the table for people right now? Yeah, the other stuff that we support, uh, you know, a lot of people ask us, uh, can I drive voters to the polls? Um, that's a really common question that we get. Uh, and usually folks who need help getting to the polls, um, they're just voting by mail. Um, so they're usually covered. And Uber and Lyft have actually stepped in and they're just offering free rides to the polls. So what we ask people to do instead, uh, especially if you have a car in a big city, is find your local swing left group. And then offer to carpool people to their swing district. Um, and you know, usually, usually if you have a group of people that you're working with and they're going to go talk to voters, you can go talk to a couple voters. You can go try it. Um, I, I think even the introverts among us, um, you know, when you're going canvassing, it's a specific type of conversation that you're having with people about um, you know their awareness of the issues, their intentionality to vote. Uh, you're not on stage. It's it's a one to one conversations at people's doorsteps. Um, so I, I think it's a it's a different kind of conversation. And when people have gone canvassing um, at least once, the, there is a great feeling after you've done that. It's like just the most concrete thing you can do. Uh, and they usually go again and, and they become folks who like that's part of their activism arsenal now. Um, I, I would also say the other thing, like people have had tons of postcard parties um, and there's limited evidence around those. We know that they've aided in increasing people's voter registration. Um, but we don't know what effect they're having on people actually getting out and going to vote. Um, we'll probably know more about that um, after this election is over. Um, and a lot of folks who work with Swing Left have done postcards, um, but it's not been like a centerpiece of our programming. So we say, okay, you're having your postcard party. That's cool. Use your postcard party to plan your canvassing trip. Like that's how into canvassing we are. Oh, <laughs> that important. Yeah. And especially again, for this last weekend, like if, if there's any time to like to bust out of your shell and do, do the intimidating thing and go canvassing, it's that last weekend before election day, because that's when you're going to have the biggest impact as a canvasser. And then there's going to be a ton of texting this year. I know you said your phone's getting blown up by Beto and his text team. I'm fine, that's with, awesome. it. I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally about it. Like if they just sent me like better gifts all day, I'd be like, this makes me happy. Like I just, I just want to see Ted Cruz lose. That would be Ev so thrilling. Everybody wants that. He's the saddest man. <laughs> so say I, I live in New York city. I'm from Northeast. So would you say the best thing is get out of New York that weekend, get it, get down to that Bucks County area, walk around, wear a little something, not too crazy. Knock on some doors. Hey. <laughs> Knock, knock, knock. No, I, I call it, I call it like, so I call it hiking for democracy. Um, so I'm a, I'm a camper and a hiker. So, so like I'm out there in like, you know, cargo shorts and boots, um, you know, a t-shirt that like doesn't have anything like too intimidating on it. Um, and then just like tons of campaign stickers and you talk about the campaign that you're there for and you talk about the candidate, you talk about the issues, uh, you help identify um, you know, how the person is feeling about the election, whether or not they've already voted, if they intend to vote. And with a lot of campaigns now, especially if you're on the East Coast, um, you have a little app on your phone called Minivan. And after every conversation at the door, uh, you just enter that information into Minivan. Um, and I, I feel like that helps me be like, see how I'm part of the group that's doing all this canvassing. So like, if you're talking to somebody who has already voted, um, you can mark that. And then that person is like off the campaign's list. They're not going to get their door knocked on again for the rest of the campaign because now we know they already voted. So you're kind of like helping the next person who's canvassing in that area. Um, and it, these are all really powerful tools and it's all, you know, human intelligence behind it and people's hard work 
uh, behind it. Um, so yeah, if you're in New York, um, it, like, and you can get to Pennsylvania and that's where you're from, I think that's an awesome opportunity. Um, if you're, if your hometown is further away, there's tons of swing districts in and around New York. Uh, you can go to Staten Island, you can go to Long Island, you can go to the Hudson Valley. Um, New York's like really rich in nearby swing districts. Uh, there's also a ton around LA. Uh, there's three around Chicago. So yeah, like the, like no matter what major metro area you're in in the United States, uh, there's a swing district near you. And instead of it's like you're trick or treating, but instead of a mini Snickers, you're getting a <laughs> democracy back. I've I've heard of reverse trick or treating for democracy, and I'm I'm not sure I could ever pull this off. But like people come to your door to trick or treat, and then you ask their parents if they're registered to vote. Wow! Damn! <laughs> that's hardcore. That's, that's that that is super hardcore. Okay. Oh, oh, you're registered to vote. Okay, you're you're getting the circus peanuts. Like you got to come back if Dad fills out the form. You can get the Snickers. Circus peanuts. Circus <laughs> peanuts. Those are like weird. Okay, we have. I have questions. Right, that's the punishment. Oh, candy. yeah. What are you? You vote for Trump? You get a circus peanut, fucker. Um, <laughs> He's a clown. You get the circus peanuts. Oh shit! I bet he likes circus peanuts. I bet that's the kind of thing he eats. Yeah, he would not eat circus peanuts with his hand, at least. <laughs> the the gold knife fork on the circus peanut. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we only have to live with the prospect of seeing that on TV for like two more years, and then we and then we could put this behind us. We can we can close yeah. this chapter of our national nightmare. So, Aaron, if people if people are now as fired up as 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 Maureen Woo! is and want to, uh, <laughs> wow, yeah, <laughs> and want to help, what what should they do? Super simple. Just go to swingleft.org and you'll be prompted to enter your zip code and you'll just immediately be taken to this take action tool that our tech team has been working on. Um, and, it, you know, just to give you a sense of scale, it's 84 swing districts. It's about 2,300 events every weekend that all of these campaigns are running. Um, so we're breaking that down for you and making it simple. You don't have to look through a calendar or a long list. It's just putting right in front of you okay, these are the options that you can get to. Um, and we have a really whip-smart political team and a lot of really smart volunteers all over the country who are helping us prioritize which events are most impactful, um, You know, which neighborhoods you should go to, uh, where we're going to be able to talk to the most Democratic voters, stuff like that. Uh, so really tried to take um, all of the complexity that could be involved in decision-making and, and just remove as much complexity as possible and make it as easy for folks like you who are fired up, who want to help, uh, to just plug in. Because um, it's it's democracy. Democracy should be as easy as ordering a pizza. That would be like... Holy the, shit. I just did this and it was incredibly yeah, I easy. Did it, I did it in the time that you were talking <laughs> just to see if it was... Oh my and it goodness. Was. Right. Like, like, like if you if you try to order a pizza through Papa John's, you're going through like 18 different menus before you get. And your you're pizza. also dealing with a dickweed CEO. <laughs> so don't do that. Yeah, with this, like it's yeah, it's like two or three clicks, and it's like, oh yeah, there's okay, I'm doing the thing. Sweet, yeah, let's let's go save democracy. Um, and and that's been really cool because I, I don't I don't think any other organizations have gone this far in making it that easy. Uh, and that's been hugely exciting for me. And it's been so cool to uh, work with really smart tech people who've you know, worked at Google and YouTube and these other big tech companies and to see how they're able to apply those skills to fixing this basic problem that we have, which is you have 84 campaigns. Uh, they're all startups. These campaigns didn't exist two years ago. And people plug into those events in a really reliable, predictable way. Uh, where we're 
and can help people plug in. And then also combining that with that knowledge that, you know, real people have on the ground, volunteers who've been out there talking to voters in these communities for the past two years, um, you know, as well as professional political organizers, uh, you know, who've worked for Obama, who've worked for Clinton, who've worked for Sanders. Um, so it's, it's really empowering volunteers and making the most out of this energy because nothing's worse than a fired up volunteer who wants to do something. And they're like, wait, this is really hard to figure out. I, I, I'm not going to volunteer now because um, we should all be able to volunteer. Like, and it, it really is going to take as many of us as possible working together um, to get out the vote this year to win because Republicans have these huge structural advantages, whether it's uh, through gerrymandering or geography or through voter suppression. And the only way we can beat them this year is through people power. And if we can take back the House, that is our absolute best opportunity to take back a branch of government, put a check on Trump and save our democracy. Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I hope you can find some time to, catch a little bit of sleep over the next 14 days. No, don't sleep. uh, Don't sleep. I I sleep after the 14 days. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it'll it'll be like a 36-hour nap uh, after the election. Um, Fingers crossed, no recounts. uh, And we we see a nice, big, overwhelming victory. Uh, But it could be really tight this year. Um, You know, Republicans always tend to come home. In the last couple of days of an election, we're starting to see that in some of the polling. Uh, we're ahead in a couple of races, but uh, far from enough to make this a lock in any way. So anything you see out there about, you know, Democrats have this big percentage chance of taking back the House, um, you know, you got you to gotta just ignore that. This is going to be fought district by district. Um, and that's why we're pointing people to these swing districts where they can have the absolute best chance of taking back the House. Amazing. Thank you so much. All right. You guys rock. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you revved up? You're revved up. Listen, you're revving. Yeah. Listen to that rev. Yeah. Listen to that rev. I feel clarity. Yeah. I mean, I did that while he was talking. I put it in and it gave me a thing to do. And I was like, I like that. I live in a a blue place in a blue state in a blue, you know, I mean, it's like you can't get bluer than the, you know, than Chicago in Illinois. And uh, yeah, it popped up swing districts, not even very far from me. Um, so, yeah, it's all right. I've got I've got things, Maureen. You got a car. I'm I was looking. I was like Philadelphia, that area that my family lives in, is it just absolutely a swing district? And I was like, I can go there, can walk around, get the Wawa coffee, talk to people. And yeah, it's weird going to people's doors. It's weird, but only at first. And then like anything else, you warm up to it and suddenly you're like, I'm doing this. Like, yeah, I know how to do this. Man, it helps if you've got Wawa though. It really does. We don't have Wawa here. That's all right. You you can make do. I'm sure you. I'm hurry. I hear you have food and stuff in Chicago. Yeah, just being a big big jar of jardinera, and like just offer people a spoonful. Just eating a big Chicago beef as you walk around. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Hi, I'm Dan. Just hey, <laughs> oh, excuse me. Sandwich. Let me dunk this. Let me dunk my Italian beef into some gravy real quick. Thought you didn't like gravy, liar, liar. Shakus. 
Well, it's it's more of a it's more of a more of what like a, a like a a Jew than a thick slurry. Look, we're not here to debate gravy, but we could. We're here to talk about gravy cast. <laughs> you know, on on our uh, Patreon, we have been asking some questions um, about uh, what people would like to see in uh, the bonus episodes. Yeah, that's uh, patreon.com slash says who at any level $5 and above, you get access to extras. Yeah. Last week, we put out about 10 minutes of extra conversation with Chuck Wendig, and we are we are gearing up, Maureen, for even more. Yeah, we're going to make actual separate episodes that are about other things. <laughs> like the gravy cast. Gravy cast. Uh, other people have asked for things like uh, a Stardew cast. cast. I mean, people want gravy cast. I'm sure. People really want a uh, Stardew Valley cast. They do. People uh, really want a Stardew Valley cast. Holy crap. There's yeah. like many people. We got to do that. I uh, have a confession to make, Maureen. I have fallen out from Stardew Valley. Really? I just. I, I need to get back into it. There's an interesting thing where Stardew was sort of our our whole family's obsession in the you know couple of months following um following my wife's Janice's uh cancer diagnosis and then surgery. And so there's a lot of tough emotional shit wrapped up in Stardew Valley because it was like the only escape from hell. Um but I, I can see go- why you I uh in Oscar and I, my husband, started a farm together. We got married in the game. We have a baby now. Oh, oh Maureen, stop. I don't, I don't know what it does. It, it, but it sleeps all the time. I hit it with a sword the other day to try to wake it up, but it doesn't do anything. So Yeah. Wow. If it doesn't wake up in a couple of weeks, I'm going to put it in the mayonnaise maker and make baby mayonnaise or something. I don't know. Mm. Baby mayonnaise, baby mayo. That's a condiment I'd like. People would also like to hear about cooking, the Westing game, uh, Dan's Punk Planet days. Uh, let's see, more Trump food analysis, uh, more audio meditations, wrestling. Um, yeah, so there's lots of cool ideas. Uh, and those, you know, th- but they're going to be other things. And uh, hopefully that will be enjoyable. Hopefully, and made basically they're it's basically a long shot. They're bespoke but podcasts. Maybe. Yeah, it's like for five dollars a month, you get a bunch of bespoke podcasts. It's true. Bespoke content. Ooh, that sounds so fancy. We're so fancy now. Well, since Hoovia is an active place, in fact, the uh, pumpkin festival is going on there right now, and I'm just saying that the pumpkin carving is coming up at the pumpkin festival. And I, we don't want a repeat of what happened last year with Chad. That's all I'm saying. Mm. So I'd hopefully you guys will get out there and um, can the can the fall slogan for says Huvia be in every bed a pumpkin? Yes, that sounds very comforting. Yeah, imagine waking up next to a pumpkin. Comfort pumpkin. Well, this is my comfort pump. This is my support pumpkin. <laughs> You can take it on airplanes. I think that would be kind of fun to write support pumpkin on a pumpkin and then walk around hugging it all day because that's kind of its nice round hugging. Yeah, they're really nice and nice and nice and it's a good shape. And it's, you know, sometimes feeling something kind of heavy on you can be reassuring. Yeah. So you can put your 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 
your support pumpkin on your abdomen to kind of give it. Yeah, lay yeah. down with the pumpkin on top of you mm-hmm. and just feel the weight of your support pumpkin pressing down. Yeah, it'll encourage you to breathe. Like you can, to measure your breath that you're breathing from the abdomen, you can raise and lower your support pumpkin. You can like talk this. to, you could talk to your support pumpkin. I want to see people's support pumpkins. Yes. I've got one right now. They don't require much care. They don't require much care. Don't have, you can't carry, carry a little one. Popkit, pumpkin, popkit, pocket, pocket support pumpkin. That's hard to say. That is. It's trickier than it seems. Pocket support pumpkin, pocket support pumpkin, pocket support pumpkin. Put it in your pocket. It's a support pumpkin. Write it on there real small. You could keep it in your bag while you're canvassing. What's that in your bag? My support pumpkin. If you have it in a bag, you can you can do like bicep curls with it too. Yeah, if it weighs a pound, you can do a little. You know, it's not good. It's good for you. If it disappoints you, you can eat it. It's true. If you lay outside with it on your chest, eventually you'll get covered with woodland creatures eating it. It's that sounds adorable. I like where it's going though. Yeah, it's like you're Snow White with a pumpkin on your chest. If you don't know where to get a pumpkin, a great way to do that is to go to Blue Apron backslash backslash. They're pumpkin not shipping a fucking pumpkin, Maureen. Says who? Oh, they will for sure send you a pumpkin. That's that exactly is, the kind of thing that they is do. Well outside of the weight limits that they are gonna that they're gonna Please. shell out. They might oh. they might they might send you a pumpkin cube in a zip shrink rack bag. That's different than an actual pumpkin. They'll send you canned pumpkin. There's going to be pumpkin on the menu, Dan. Don't make me look it up. I know that you already have. I heard the clicking. I'm just ready. This is how this is how broken. This is how gooey my brain fat is, Maureen. I'm just letting you do this. I'm not doing just, it. Just just letting no. you go. Dan, I'm not doing it because this is a fresh start. I feel clarified. I feel focused. And and blue apron, I don't need it. Whoa. I don't need it, Dan, because I have work to do. It is two weeks until this election that could determine the rest of the of American history is going to be made. Every single person that you speak to, register, every single one of these votes counts, including yours. If you're listening to this and you can vote and you're not voting, what are you doing? For real, what Come are you doing? Come on now. Yeah. I, Did I, was, I tell you what I'm doing on Election Day, Maureen? Yeah, but I want you to tell me again. I'm going to be an election judge. This Thursday, I have to go to a community center uh, in the one town over from me to learn how to be trained to be an election judge. And then at 5 a.m., which I definitely didn't know when I signed up, <laughs> I, uh, I have to go to, a, uh, go to a polling place about a mile and a half from where I live and uh, open it up and uh, run it all day and shut it down at 7 p.m. I'm I am deep in the gears of democracy this election day, Maureen. I am very excited to now as soon as we get off, I'm actually gonna go and make my plan to get down to Pennsylvania on the weekend before. Yeah. And this, this is a thing. Yeah. Maureen special, special for us. Aaron created a a little swing left code you can enter in. And this is swing- real. <laughs> This is totally real. This is not a joke. He literally emailed it to us moments after we finished we finished the interview. 
If you go to swingleft.org slash says who, it's the same thing as going in any other way, but it lets them know that you came from says whovia and you came to help. So go to swingleft.org slash says who. Maureen, that's not the only website that if you're listening, you should go to. Oh. You should also go to patreon.com slash says who, which is a way that you, you, you listening to us in your ear like the best ear infection you ever had can help support us. There's lots of benefits on there and there's you'll see all the levels of says who you can join. You get things like uh, our, our bonus content online, bonus episodes, the incredible wedgie pin. Uh, wedgie. Wedgie. Um, book, signed books by us. Uh, an ad, or if you decide to go do something ridiculous, you can even come to Disney with us. We've got it all. We do have it all, but it starts at a buck. Yeah, it starts a at a buck, a buck. And, and it's we, amazing. We appreciate the hell out of it. We sure do. That's Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com slash says who slash blue apron. No, it's not it. That's not it. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. You can find Ted at tedleo.com. He's on tour right now. And you know he's getting the vote out. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter or email at hey, that's H-E-Y, at sayswhopodcast.com. It's true. And you can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash sayswhovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. And next week, we'll be one week closer to the election, but... But it's a special week, Maureen. It's our Halloween episode. It's going to be spooky. Oh, can we call it Says Boo? Yes, we can. Yeah. Says Boo. Says Boo next week. Halloween. Now that we're weekly, it literally comes out on Halloween. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to wear a costume. I'm going to wear one, too. Yeah. I don't know yet. Costumes work well on podcasts. Don't tell me what yours is, and I won't tell you what mine is until... Okay. Okay. All right. All right. It's probably Wonder Woman. I'm going to be Wonder Woman. Don't say say anything yet. It's a secret. Just maybe. Just don't say it yet. Maybe I'll be the Scarlet Witch. Don't say it yet. I'm just excited. Don't say it. That's all I've got. Just say where you're from. From my basement in Chicago... I'm Wonder Woman. God damn it. From my closet in New York, I'm Dan Sinker. This has been Says Who. Says Boo. That's next week. Just don't tell me what you're going to be. Just don't tell me what you're going to be. Yes, I just don't want to hear it. It's a secret. Don't want a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I lost it there at the end.